Oh, it feels good in the presence of the Lord. Well, give somebody a fist bump and tell them you are in the right place. Today, you are in the right place. Today. Oh, it's good to be in His presence. Doesn't it feel good in here? And what about this band and this praise team? I don't know if you know it or not, but our band is world class. You can go to the greatest places of music on the planet. And you may find some is good, but you won't find any better than this team right here. And I'm going to make a declaration about Adam Aziz. There are some great singers on the planet, but I'm about to say a thing. I put Adam Aziz in the top 10 of singers in the world. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said the top 10. And really, it's probably the top five because he has the anointing of the Holy Ghost that breaks the yoke that makes the difference. I do not say that lightly. He has paid a price for his anointing. And then Olivia. They just don't come better. Thank you, Adam and Olivia, for what you contribute to this house and the kingdom through music. Amen. We have a powerful team here. I'm so thankful and so blessed on this Thanksgiving weekend. And it's an honor to have you here. You could have uh, stayed home in bed recouping from the turkey, recouping, recouping from your overindulgence. I won't say gluttony, but overindulgence of, uh, of Thanksgiving. Thank you, thank you so much for being here today. We have several of our family that are out today and some on the road visiting family, but thank you for making it back. Thank you for being here. We're honored that you're here. And as we come to last Sunday of November, about to cross the threshold into the last month of the year, December is on us. 2024 is just a few minutes away. I wanted to give you some basic Christian principles today. I wanted to just regroup, remind you, take a moment and have a brief reset as we close the year and just look at some basics some things that we don't need to forget I wanted to remind you I want you to remember what 
what this book says, who he is. And I want to get, just give you just a few basic tenets of the faith to help you close out this year strong and get in position to start the new one strong. Because we need to end strong at anything we begin. And then anything we begin, we need to begin strong. Amen. We send our prayers and prayers to the Lord and our love to Dr. Shirley and Pastor Steve. They are in Florida again this week. They had the funeral service yesterday of, you remember their son-in-law, Michael Causey, was here recently. Uh, his granddad passed, which was really like a dad to him, and the service was yesterday. So we send our love to them, and they'll be back soon. We have Roar Tuesday night, so we will be roaring Tuesday night. Amen? That's about four of you. I said, we will be roaring Tuesday night. Amen? Praise God. And uh, we're closing, closing the year. Thank God. It's not long. And it's good to have Antisha Suna with us today. She was here last Sunday, and she's here today. She is the daughter of a good friend of mine, Pastor Martin Suna, pastors in Nairobi, Kenya. I preached for him several times, and he is from Uganda. He is a son of Bishop Robert Kayanja in Uganda, Kampala Miracle Center. So she has she's actually in school here in the United States. And uh, her dad called me a few months ago and said, she's kind of stranded for the holidays. And uh, could she come to Chattanooga? I said, we'll work it out. So she is here. Thank you for being here. Give her a warm Chattanooga welcome. And she goes back in just a few days. Are you ready to go to work? I want to give you some keys, just some basic foundational things that we need to look at to be reminded of as we close the year because this is where some of you are number one I don't want you to be discouraged by delays some of you have prayed and it hasn't happened and you have fasted and it hasn't happened and you have travailed and it hasn't happened and you have said God where are you are you in Africa helping some of your children there? I need you here. Where are you, God? But I need to tell you, delay is not denial. And do not be discouraged by delays. Do not be discouraged by something that might you have prayed for and it has not happened yet. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Those steps have been ordered. He has laid his hand upon you and he is directing you. He is ordering your steps. So even though you may not have seen the results that you are looking for, that you have prayed for, that you are expecting, you need to understand that God's timing is perfect timing. And God has what we call kairos moments. A kairos moment is different than a chronos moment. Chronos moments are 
the time on the clock, and it's chronological order. We get our word chronological in order, things that are A, B, C, D. If I said A, F, G, P, it would be out of order. But we have our chronological order, things that happen in a certain sequence. And if the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, that means that there are certain things that happen in sequence before the Kairos moment takes place in your life. So do not be discouraged because what you prayed for has not happened yet. Do not be discouraged. Do not give up. Do not quit. Do not believe what the devil tells you that God's not going to answer your prayer because God always answers prayers. And his timing is perfect. So understand that your steps are being ordered by the Lord. He has orchestrated your steps. He has orchestrated your moves if you have surrendered to him. Now the Bible says there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So you can do your own thing and go your own way, and you can break out of the order that the Lord has established for you if you want to. But there will be a price to pay. How many can testify that you stepped out of line, you got out of position at some time in your life, and you paid the price. You paid the price. There were consequences for getting out of order and out of step and out of position with where God wanted you to be. Oh, when we process and we justify and we figure it out and we say, oh, this is God's will. Let me help you. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. So when you know his voice, I'm going to tread now. When you know his voice and you ignore his voice and you ignore the voices in your life that have proven faithful over time to be for you, and you still want to do your own thing, and you get out of position, there will be a price to pay. There is a price to pay. There will be consequences for following your own way. The Bible says, straight is the way, and narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life. But broad is the way that leads to destruction. So when it seems so easy and you just kind of step out and say, well, that didn't hurt too bad. And you keep on stepping out and say, well, that, that wasn't much to pay. And you just keep on until you are walking the edge. As far away as you can get and feel like you're still in, but you're walking the edge. It's dangerous on the edge. You can fall when you are standing on the edge. When you're walking on the edge, you may think you are sure-footed. Thank you, Hank. He was ready to catch me. And when you start, when you get so confident in your path 
that you start running along the edge. Hear me when I tell you, you will misstep. You will stumble. You will fall. And great will be the fall. Because Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. And Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. The only one that can put you back together is Jesus. So don't be discouraged by delays because delays will come, but delay is not denial. So consequently, the time that you have here on earth, spend your time wisely. Look at your neighbor and say, don't waste your time. So many of us waste our time. Oh, you didn't hear me. You missed that. So many of us, I'd be inclusive. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to us. So many of us waste our time. How much time do you spend doing nothing? How much time do you spend doing things you shouldn't do? How much time do you spend doing things that bring no benefit to your family, to yourself, to your income, to your health, to your peace of mind? You know, if you go to a doctor to lose weight, one of the first things they'll do is they'll have you start tracking everything you eat. Because we eat things that we don't even count. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to take time to elaborate, elaborate because it's Thanksgiving week. And I know most of us ate things that we shouldn't even, that we didn't count. But if you are putting yourself on a budget, if you... If you listen to Dave Ramsey and you're starting, the, one of the first things they'll do is start tracking every penny that you spend because we waste a lot of money on little things that we don't even think about until we start tracking it and it adds up. So let me challenge you to start tracking the moments of your day and see how many moments, minutes, hours, that you waste doing things that bring no benefit to your life. Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And again, we could go and talk about chronos moments and kairos moments. That kairos moment is the moment that you cannot orchestrate, that you cannot plan, that you cannot facilitate, that you cannot make happen, that God brings into your life a specific appointed time, set time, if you please, to do something, to speak something, to give you a suddenly that cannot be orchestrated any other way. But if you use your time wisely, 
If you number your days and you have a heart of wisdom and you use your time wisely with purpose, I promise you, you will have some set moments. You will have some kairos moments that God will make happen for you at the appointed time. So use your time wisely. Number three, be careful what you say. Oh, we could talk about our words a long time. Some folks do real good with their words until they get angry. And then they say things they have to apologize for later. I'm preaching better than you shouting. Some people say things that they have to retract, but the, the news is you cannot retract any word that comes out of your mouth. It is, it is cast into the atmosphere forever. Now you can pray a prayer over it, Lord, cancel that. Cancel the assignment. Cancel the words that were spoken in vain. Cancel the words that were spoken against me. But be careful what you say. Choose your words carefully. Don't be releasing words that you regret later. Why? Because Proverbs 18, 21 says that death and life are in the power of your tongue. And those who love it, indulge it, it will eat its fruit and bear the consequence of their words. Again, there are always consequences to the words that you speak. Now, there's a lot. We could, we could stay right here all day. Choose your words carefully. When it comes to your prayers, when it comes to your speech, when it comes to your declarations, don't be putting things in the atmosphere that could hurt you, such as, my head is killing me. No, it's not. If your head is hurting, say, my head is being healed right now by Jesus because he is the healer. And I rebuke the headache and I refuse the pain and I command it to go in Jesus' name and drink some more water because you probably dehydrated. Be careful what you say. Choose your words carefully when you're talking about somebody. My granddaddy, who was not a Christian until just before he died, about one year before he died, he had a motto, and he was not even serving Jesus. And he said, if you can't say something good about somebody, don't say anything at all. I do my best to live by that. I fail sometimes. I stumble sometimes just like you. Oh, don't look at me down those holy self-righteous <laughs> glasses. Because there is a scripture in the Bible that says, don't be surprised when you catch your servants talking about you because after all, you talked about them. You didn't read that one, did you? So choose your words carefully because what we say is important. I couldn't let a message like this go by without quoting Job 22, verse 28, that says, declare a thing that it what? That it might be established for you. 
So be careful what you are declaring with your words. Choose your words wisely. And then we're talking about basics. We're talking about foundational principles for us as Christians as we close the year, as we get ready to end the year strong and get ready to start a new year. Develop your gifts. Just because it's November and you've not developed your personal gifts this year like you should, it's not too late to start. Develop your gifts. What are your gifts? You need, first of all, to discover what is your gift or what are your gifts because most folks have more than one. Some folks, they, they want somebody else's gift. They, they covet, they're jealous over somebody else's gift, and they'd rather have that person's gift than their own gifts. Wake up. God gave us the gifts he wanted us to have. You have the calling God wanted you to have. I mean, as much as I wish I could sing like Adam Aziz, I will never sing like Adam Aziz. But I can promote him, and I can push him, and I can tell you that I believe that he's one of the top ten best voices in the world, and I believe it. And I can get him to sing beside me with that team, and y'all think I can sing. And I really can't, but they can. So get you a team around you. And develop your gift. What are your gifts? Pray and ask the Lord if you don't know, and he will tell you. He will reveal it to you. What are your gifts? There are many gifts in the body. And we are his body. Fitly joined together. And every portion, every portion, every part of the body is important. Now, you may be the little toe. Or maybe you're the big toe. But when it comes to running and balance, I promise you, all five toes are important. When it comes to standing, all toes are important. You may be the ear. Hearing is important. You may be eyes. Eyes are important. The brain is important. And even though I could probably get along, if I lost a few fingers, I don't want to lose any. See, when you start counting the cost, when you start looking at the different parts of the body, which part do you want to give up? None. I heard it several times. None. No. We don't want to give up part of our body. Well, we are his body. He doesn't want to give up any part of his body. The Bible says he is not willing that any should perish, not one but that all should have everlasting life. He died for all of us. He wants you to be saved. He wants me to be saved. He wants all of us to make it to heaven. Not one of us does he want to be lost. Even though some of us mess up, even though some of us do stupid sometimes. See, I'm preaching better than you shouting. Some of you think, oh, I, that, that, I've done stupid. Have you not? Have you, not, have you never done stupid? Some of us have done it well. Aren't you glad? He's a God of grace. Oh, 
If I could sing right now, I would sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Mm. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 16, that a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men that that scripture can be interpreted several ways number one my gift can make room for me you can give gifts to folks and they'll say come right on in come on in he he always brings gifts. We come on in. Come back tomorrow. Come back the next day. Because your gift makes room for you. It opens doors. It will take you before great men. But what if you don't have a lot of this? I'm glad you ask. Because you have other gifts. And your gift, whatever your gift is, and you need to know, whatever your gift is, when you use your gift, when you develop your gift, when you let God, watch this, anoint your gift, when God's hand, when his finger, when his spirit touches your gift, the gift in your life, the gift that God gave you, Favor comes on you. Doors open for you. Your gift will open the door to put you before great men and great women. Your, door, your gift will open the door to give you favor to come before kings and presidents and whoever you need to get before. See, you, you needed a job and and you needed to get to the boss. You needed to get to the owner of the corporation. You needed to get to the president. You have a gift that will open the door. That will put you right in the seat. Sitting across the office from the great man that you need to see. Your gift. What is your gift? Submit your gift to the Lord. Surrender your gift to the Lord. Say, here I am, Lord. Send me. This is all I have. I give myself to you. And watch God's favor touch you. See, I, I don't have all the gifts that some of these folks have. But what I have, I've prayed and I said, God, use me. Bless me. Give me favor. And over the years of our ministry, I promise you, I've had people call me the apostle of favor because God opened doors and gave me favor when I didn't deserve it, when I hadn't done anything to get it. And I, I say it, Pastor Rita don't like it when I say this, but I say it, favor ain't even fair. Favor's not fair. But I've... I've I've been moved from the back of the line to the front of the line more times than I can count because of nothing but favor. The favor on my gift. The favor, the anointing on my gift. Develop your gift. 
Don't despise your gift. Don't get mad because you don't have somebody else's gift. That's their gift. See, you, you, get, you get mad at somebody else's gift, and you've even said, who they think they are, God's gift? Let me answer that for you. Here's the answer. Yes, they are God's gift. At that time, at that place, with that specific anointing. Yes. So don't get angry. Don't get jealous. Don't get mad. Don't, get, don't talk about them. Choose your words wisely. Remember, we already talked about that. But here I've got good news for you. You have a gift. And when God anoints that, you, ma'am, you, sir, you are God's gift. Starting off, you are God's gift to your family. You are God's gift to your children. You are God's gift to your spouse. You are God's gift on the job. They ought to be glad you're there because you're anointed. And when you walk in the anointing of God, you are a gift. And it's just like the anointing that was on the Ark of the Covenant. When it went to somebody's house. Do you remember? It was a funny name. It was Obed Edom. And when the Ark of the Covenant got to his house. And see, when David sent it over there, they thought they were just sending it to some stranger's house. Some outcast. Somebody that nobody knew. It was convenient. Send it over there. Because too many people are dying. But when the Ark of the Covenant got over there. Obed was blessed. His family was blessed. His children were blessed. It went beyond that. His neighbors were blessed. His dogs were blessed. His chickens were blessed. His cows were blessed. They started being fruitful and multiplying even more than before. He was blessed, blessed, blessed. When it came time for them to move the Ark of the Covenant, I can hear Obed-Edom saying, no, 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 let's keep it here because I am blessed. That's the anointing that can operate in you when you have the right heart, the right spirit, and you understand that, yes, you are a gift. Don't be arrogant about it. We are all gifts in our world. Come on, somebody. And your gift will make room for you. Develop it. Why do you have it sitting on a shelf? Why are you ignoring your gift? Why are you coveting somebody else's gift? You have a gift. Develop your gift. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right there. And then we're talking about Bible basics now. We're talking about foundational principles, ending the year strong, right? Build covenant relationships. Let me translate that for you. You ready? Choose your friends wisely. Let me translate it again. Be careful who you hang out with. Let me translate it again. Don't hang out with the wrong crowd. Sometimes you have to love from afar. Love from a distance. I love you. Don't want no, nothing harmful to come to you. I just ain't going to be with you. Just ain't got time. Not going to spend my precious time with you, honey. 
See, you, you start feeling guilty. You feel like you've got to spend time with everybody that asks. No, 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 no. You only got so much time. Be careful where you spend it. And build the right relationship. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men might be wise. Oh, I missed it. He who walks with wise men will be wise. But. Look at your neighbor and say, but. The companion of a fool. That fool you've been hanging around with, run. 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 Don't even look back over your shoulder. Just run. Because if you run with him, instead of running away, you will be destroyed. Get on that key right now. Right there is a good time for about a 30-second praise break. Praise break. I just want to do it right. Just, let's just have a 30-second praise break right here. Come on. Let, let's just praise break right now. You, if that resonated in your spirit, just get on your feet and shout, dance, rejoice, run. Oh, come on, act like you mean it. with wise men, walk with wise women, walk with righteous people, walk with somebody has the right, makes the right decision, has the word in their heart, in their life. All right, be seated. So you missed a good chance right there to run all over this room, to shout. You missed, you missed your moment. So I'm going to move on because you're going to love the next one. Be generous. Be a giver. Be a sower. God will never bless and he has never blessed a stingy, grudgeful. G. Cheap. Oh, they're saying cheap. Yeah, he has never blessed the cheap cheapskate. Look at your neighbor and say, he must be talking to you there because I'm generous. Be generous. Be generous. Be a giver. Be a sower. Galatians 6, 6, 7, and 8 says, God is not mocked, but whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, from the flesh you're going to reap destruction. Whoever sows to the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in our well-doing. For at the proper time, somebody say at the right time. At the right time, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So don't give up, give out, give out. Give, 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 so, so, so. 
and watch the harvest come. Watch, watch what you're going to reap. You will reap what you have sowed. The Bible says that God gives seed to a sower. So when you get something in your hand, sow. Always sow. Sometimes the Lord will say, sow all of that. Sometimes he'll, sow, he'll say, sow half of that. Sometimes it's 20%. But if you'll listen, he'll tell you. And unless he says it specifically, a portion, don't miss this, a portion of everything that comes into your hand is yours to keep unless he tells you otherwise. Sometimes, sometimes he says, now give all of that. You're just a conduit today. Be a tither. Be a sower. Be a tither and be a sower. Let me tell you what happens when you tithe. If you tithe, the Bible says he will rebuke the seed eater for your sake. And then when you're a sower, he says your seed will crush the head of the serpent. The serpent, you know what he tries to do? He tries to bite you. He tries to poison you. He tries to inflict his venom in you trying to detain you, trying to stop you, trying to kill you. John 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundant. But when you sow your seed, the serpent that crawls on the ground that's after you, that wants to inflict poison in you and bite you and hurt you and harm you, your seed, just by sowing a seed, it crushes his head, rendering him powerless. So you can sow more seed and drive him back. Come on, somebody. Be generous. Why would you not want to be generous? Why would you want to? See, people that are not generous think there's not enough. If I had time to preach, I would tell you there's more than enough. God is the God of too much. That's why he said 30, 60, 100 fold instead of 30, 60, 90. He just jumped right over 90. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 1, he said, I will bless you a thousand times. How would you like to sow a seed and be blessed a thousand times? You know, you invest in the stock market and you're happy if you get 8% a year. How would you like to have a thousand times a year? How would you like to have a thousand times every year? And then whatever you got out of that thousand times, and you get a thousand times on top of that, and then a thousand times the next year on top of that, because that's the God that we serve. He is the God of too much. He is the God of abundance. He is the God of increase. He is the God of multiplication. He is the God of plenty. And if you could just get that principle in your head and start sowing. See, you're scared to sow. Oh, I'm afraid I don't have enough. I've only got a little bit, so I can just give a little bit. No, that's when you give more. The more you need, the more you give. It's a principle. We've been giving it away here lately. We've come to the end of the year. We've raised money. We've done projects. We've been blessed. It's gotten a little tight at the end of the year. I said a few weeks ago, I said, we're going we're gonna to back up. We're going to punt. So we received an offering to help plant a church and build a church in Africa. We got enough to do more than one, two, maybe two and a half. We sent it to him. He got all excited. He said, Pastor, I'm overwhelmed. I got a note this week. They've been buying uh, tin. They've been buying bricks. They've been buying mortar. They've got it all sand. They've been working. They've been building, and they're just going, 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 going. And then two weeks ago, John Javed was here, and we, we raised enough that Sunday to set three families free, some 15, 18 people. 
right around $6,000 to free all of those families because of your generosity. And we're going to sow some more. We're going to help Honduras. We're going to bless them this year. We're going to give thousands of dollars so that families can eat, not only for one week or one month, but for months. Come on, somebody. And as we give out, guess what? God will take care of our needs. He always has. He always will. So be generous. Look at your neighbor and say, be generous. I'm almost done. Live free. It is a condition of your mind. You can live bound or you can live free. You can live bound or you can live free. I'll say it again. You can live bound or you can live free. What is your choice? You're going to live. So why would you want to live bound? Why do you want to live shackled, imprisoned, chained up? Let me tell you how to get free, even if you're bound. Don't miss this. Start dancing with your chains on. You might be in chains. You might be shackled. You might not can move a lot. Move a little. Start moving. Start trying to kick those chains off. Start trying to. Break them off. And I'm going to tell you, when you start doing that, they'll fall. You want to live free? Start where you are. Start in your situation. Start right in your circumstances. Stop waiting for the change to come. Start where you are. Start waiting for a million dollars to come into your account. Start giving with the five dollars you have right now. Stop waiting for yourself to be healed of cancer. Believe God for the headache that you have right now. Start where you are. And if you'll start where you are, something will happen. Something will break. A suddenly will come. A Kairos moment will come down the pipe just for you. Your suddenly, your moment, your set time will happen right now. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Live free, live free, live free, live free. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. This is how you do it. You become a praiser. You become a praiser no matter what. Notice this is number eight. Eight is the number of new beginnings. So when you've run the cycle, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you've got another day, Sunday, start it over again. It's the next day. It's the next week. It's the number of new beginnings. Nine is the number of birthing. That's coming right after the new beginnings. But the new beginnings is I'm going to be a praiser. I'm going to praise. I'm going to shout. I'm going to sing. I'm going to rejoice regardless of my past, regardless of my faults, regardless of my circumstances or my situation. I'm going to praise, 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 praise. I'm going to sing, 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 sing. I'm going to shout, 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 shout. I'm going to rejoice, rejoice. I'm going to dance, 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 dance. Oh, hallelujah. Sing, Adam. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Yeah. I bless the Lord. 